You're listening to Simply the Best Sports Take, the best podcast breaking down the best stuff in sports with host Sean Bingham. His takes are so good, he dropped the mic, but then you wouldn't be able to hear him, and that would suck. Welcome into STB Sports Take, Simply the Best Sports Podcast. I am your host, Sean Bingham. Again, I was away for a while. I went to Romania this time. I apologize for the absence, but we are back. We are on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor Podcasts, Everywhere you get your podcasts, we are there. Thank you for being here. Please hit that subscribe button. Lots going on, lots to talk about. Yes, I did go to Romania. I know, super random. You're probably wondering what the heck is in Romania. I was wondering the exact same thing, which is why I went, and it turned out to be pretty cool. We did some cool, uh, if you know what a Via Ferrata is, Via Ferrata, it's basically like... uh, like assisted rock climbing, you know, you you can climb pretty high up a mountain and they've put these like rebar ladder steps into, you know, kind of the harder spots to climb and there's a cable going up the whole way. So you're kind of like hooking in as you go. It's really pretty freaking fun. I think I actually enjoy it more than I enjoy rock climbing. It's it's really, really fun. So did that, uh, went and saw a bunch of castles and some random stuff, just drove around the entire countryside. It was really, really fun. So took the week off just to kind of like uh, unwind a little bit from work. So again, I apologize. I'm trying to never go a week without getting a podcast or two up. Um, I do have some, some, you know, important work responsibilities that get to me sometimes, but I don't want you to think that uh, I'm going anywhere cause I'm not. So please stick with me. I'll be here. I'll continue to do these. I love doing it. So thank you for being here. Please hit the subscribe button. Uh, we're going to talk about the NBA finals first. Obviously it's two, one in favor of the Suns over the bucks. Game four is in Milwaukee tomorrow night. Uh, Phoenix took the first two at home. Milwaukee defended home court themselves in game three just the other night. Uh, huge win. They won by 20 plus or whatever it was. Devin Booker didn't even play. In, I guess it was just last night. Devin Booker didn't even play in the fourth quarter. He shot poorly. Um, it kind of, it could have been a turning point. You know, I'm still going to favor Phoenix to win this series. I think they're the better team and they obviously still have home court advantage um, and they have a one game lead. So, not a huge prediction there to predict Phoenix would win uh, at this stage, but Milwaukee's been here before. Milwaukee was down 0-2 with blowouts, actually, to the Brooklyn Nets, and they came back to win that series. Um, and it's interesting to think, you think back to that Game 7 uh, against Brooklyn, Kevin Durant's foot, the, 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 the shot that sent it into overtime, looked like it was going to be a game winner. His foot's just barely on the three-point line, and it ends up being... Uh, a two-point shot instead of instead of a three-point shot that could have put the the Nets into the finals, and honestly, I think the Nets would have won the finals. So crazy to think that Milwaukee is here and that maybe they could win a title when they were just a half an inch away from not even being able to be in the finals. So crazy year, been a really fun year to watch. Again, it's a shame the Jazz aren't there, but we're going to get into what I think they need to do to to get back there next year. But with this particular series, I'm finding myself rooting for the Suns. And it's bizarre because I've kind of hated Chris Paul for most of his career. And this season, he just won me over. I talked about this a little bit in a previous podcast, but certain guys, especially as they get o- older. So I've, I've mentioned before, I'm a fan of sports first. I love sports. I love the game of basketball. The Jazz are my favorite team. But I'm not, like, the Jazz can cease to exist. I'd still watch the NBA Finals. I'd still follow the NBA the entire season next year, you know? So I'm a fan of the sport first. And there's something about a guy like Chris Paul. You see the dominance that he has. I've talked about the Chris Paul effect on this podcast many, many times. For those that are that maybe missed those episodes, I can recap briefly. This is a guy who every single year... 
Every single team he goes to, rather, he makes them better. Every single team. Like, drastic improvements. Even from when he was drafted to the Hornets, uh, forever ago, Hornets, Bobcats, you know, they were kind of back and forth in those days. They went from, like, Suckfest USA, bottom of the barrel, uh, picking in the lottery high enough to get him, to making the playoffs. Uh, the Clippers were a laughing stock for decades. He gets them to 50-plus wins, gets them into the second round of the playoffs. Um, the, 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 the Rockets, even. You know, the Rockets, he goes there, and they go to within one game of the NBA Finals against the Warriors, where they couldn't get over the hump. They went all the way to the one seed, improved by like 10, 15 games in the regular season record, and they only lose that game seven against the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals because Chris Paul didn't play. Then he goes to the Oklahoma City Thunder, where we all thought, no chance, they're going to be a joke. It's like a death sentence to Chris Paul. His career is over. Nope, they're better with just him than they were with Russell Westbrook and Paul George the previous year, and they make it to the playoffs. Uh, then he goes to the Phoenix Suns, who haven't made the playoffs in who knows how long. I don't remember the last time the Suns were in the playoffs. And with the same roster, essentially, especially the two stars in DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker, Chris Paul takes them to the two seed and out to the NBA Finals with a lead in the finals of two games to one. So the guy, the Chris Paul effect is so real. Like, everywhere he goes, he wins. This guy is so deserving of a ring. I can't think of a guy that's more deserving of a ring than Chris Paul, to be honest with you. He's in his 16th season. Um, I haven't liked his flopping. I haven't liked his complaining to refs. I haven't liked him as a competitor to the Jazz. I haven't liked watching him whine and complain and flop and all those things. But ultimately, I've always respected his game. Always. Like, the guy is a competitor. The guy is super talented. He's a dis distributor first, scorer second. He's a phenomenal shooter. His mid-range game is off the charts. Um, my respect for his game has always been sky high. My in my like for his game, my love of his game has been pretty low. But this year, it's shifted a little bit to where I'm like, I find myself rooting for him. I'm like this old fan that just loves sports. And you kind of like start to grow like an attachment almost to certain players and to, to the aspects of the league. And Chris Paul's a guy where it's like, the league will miss him when he's gone. They will, the league will miss Chris Paul when he's gone. Um, he's that good. And I think he deserves a ring. And I kind of went through the same thing with Kobe Bryant. And obviously, Kobe has tragically passed away and so he's getting a lot more love than he did uh you know years prior but even long before Kobe passed away in his later years I found myself rooting for him and I had hated him most of his career I had literally hated Kobe Bryant for most of his career but the older he got the older I got and the more I had followed his career and watched him evolve and watched him work his butt off and watched his dedication to the game that I also love it makes you grow a greater respect and love for them and appreciation for them. And that's what I've found myself going through with Chris Paul this year. Sounds all sentimental, right? <laughs> but for real, I've like found myself looking at Chris Paul and thinking like, gosh, this guy just works his butt off. He wants it so bad and he does win. This, this guy is not a choke artist. This guy is actually proven to be quite clutch in the playoffs himself. He just hasn't had a team or coaching or whatever around him. The stars have not aligned for him for whatever reason. And he's never gotten a title. He's never even been to a finals until this year. And now he's two games away from, from winning it, and I'm rooting for him. Uh, I'm also rooting for Giannis. I love Giannis. I, that's another guy who just works his tail off. Um, in fact, if there's a guy that's second most deserving of a ring in this league that doesn't have one, it's probably Giannis. Uh, the difference is that Giannis is quite a bit younger. He's got a lot more time to go. And Chris Paul might not ever get there again. 
The Suns could. The Suns could easily get there again next year. They're that good. Devin Booker, Chris Paul, he's he's going to probably slowly decline over the next few years with his age. Um, but his supporting cast is really the stars, which is Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton. They're just going to keep getting better. So as they get better, it could negate a little bit of his decline. Their leadership's going to get better. Their veteran savvy is going to get better. He's teaching them all of this. Like, the Suns could be legit for the next three or four seasons. They could be really, really good contenders for the next three or four seasons if they can keep those pieces in place. Uh, Jay Crowder's been a great addition. You know, uh, he can be super up and down, but I've actually always liked Jay Crowder. I know some fa- jazz fans that I've talked to were glad to see him go. They think he's, you know, too inconsistent. Um, I like Jay Crowder's game personally. I think he's a good role player. I- I'd love to see him on the jazz again, and I think he's proven to be a good asset to the Suns. But anyway... So I'm, there's Chris Paul, Giannis, Chris Paul, Giannis. Like, who do you want to win? I love both those guys. They work so freaking hard. Anyone that dedicates themselves that thoroughly to their craft and to the game of basketball that I love, I want to root for them. Both of these guys, they want it so bad. They care so much. And they're getting the absolute most out of the talent that God blessed them with. And other guys, um, you know, I, I love Shaq. I put Shaq in top, you know, top five or so all time, top 10 for sure. Um, but he's a guy that was often accused of not getting the most out of his God-given talent that, you know, would currently or not currently frequently show up to training camp out of shape, things like that. Um, I don't know if I stand entirely in that camp. I think Shaq dominated like nobody has before. Uh, but did he get the most out of what God blessed him with? I don't know. I don't know. Only Shaq knows that probably Probably close to it, but maybe not quite. Guys like Kobe, guys like MJ, guys like Chris Paul, guys like Giannis, you know they're in the gym as much as they human as, as humanly possible. They are dedicating their entire lives to improving their craft, to getting better at what they do, to getting an edge on their opponents, and to trying to win uh, a title. And so you're happy when a guy like MJ gets one. You're happy when a guy like Kobe gets one. Uh, you're happy to see a guy like Chris Paul be so close and a guy like Giannis be so close and they're going against each other and it's fun to watch. Um, I think it's going to be a great hard fought series. I think it'll go, I don't know this game four is so pivotal. If, if it goes, if, if this game four goes to the, to the Suns, which by the way, game four is tomorrow night. Let's look up the schedule real quick to get the exact days. Cause sometimes in the finals, they'll, they'll not go every other day cause they want to get the best ratings days. And so I just want to see real quick. Uh, where these are at. So yeah, game four is tomorrow night, obviously in Milwaukee. Milwaukee is favored. Yeah, then they skip two days and go to Saturday uh, because it'll be back in Phoenix. So I would argue, it used to go 2-3-2 in the finals. Now it's back to 2-2-1-1-1, I guess. Um, But I would argue that if the the Suns win game four, it's over in five. Uh, That's what I think. But I I feel like Milwaukee's going to win again. They're riding high. They just won big. Uh, they're really good at home. Chris Middleton, especially he's a guy, man, that guy, some people want to say he's the best player on the bucks, which is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. By the way, I just need to make that very, very clear. I've heard several people say that Chris Middleton is the bucks best player. And when they realize that they'll, they'll be far better off. That is ludicrous. Like (laughs) Chris Middleton is half of what Giannis is. He's half as good. He's half as important. Like literally Half without Giannis, the Bucks are nothing. They might, might, might squeak into the playoffs through like the play-in game scenario without Giannis. With him, they're in the finals. Okay, so Giannis is far and away the best player on that team. 
Um, but I'm going to predict, I'm going to do this. I'm going to predict that the Bucks win game four and that this series goes all the way to seven games and then the Suns win in seven. That's my prediction. That's what I hope happens too. I really hope that happens because that's more fun to watch. It's been a pretty good series so far. This last game was a little bit of a blowout, but Giannis is going crazy. Um, this last game, you know, Chris Paul, like I say, and Devin Booker didn't play hot, but you know, it's one game and uh, it's not that big of a deal. So that's what we'll see what happens. But again, I'm rooting for both the guys, Giannis and CP3. I think they both deserve it. I think they've both earned it. Unfortunately, only one of them can have it. And I think it's Chris Paul's time. I think it's Chris Paul's time and I'm rooting for the Suns. I'm rooting for Chris Paul. Okay, moving on. Oh, one more thing I got to mention about this. The Suns and four guy. This is, this is hilarious to me. Okay. This is so, so crazy. I've been talking to some friends about this. He's become like their rallying cry. Sons and four guy, the guy that literally beat up fans, beat up Denver Nugget fans. He's become the rallying cry for the, for the Phoenix Suns. And if they win the title, he will forever be connected. It it might become a long-term thing. Excuse me. As I bump the microphone, it might become a long-term thing for the Phoenix Suns, the Suns and Four guy. He's getting every ounce of fame and fortune that he can out of this. He's now signing autographs and selling those, and um, he's doing those. Uh, I can't remember what it's called, but basically, where you pay to like wish, you know, to have a, a famous person wish your friend happy birthday. He's doing that kind of thing. We're doing a little cam. I think it's called cameo, maybe. Um, he's doing everything possible. He's hosting, you know pregame parties and postgame parties. I don't know how he could possibly miss a game. The guy has to go to every single game. He's he's become the face of the team. He, like he literally has become the face of the team, Suns and Four. And it's and it's him. Like it's not just the phrase, it's his face too that's attached to it. He's become their rallying cry. There's going to be a 30 for 30 on him. Me and my friends were talking about this in Romania. It was uh, Dave Glauser, Luke Salisbury. Dave is a loyal listener. Luke, not so much. He listens every now and then. So Dave, if you're listening, thank you, Luke. Uh, if you're listening, thank you as well. Anyway, um, we were talking, there's going to be a 30 for 30 on this guy. There has to be. Like if, which for those that don't know, a 30 for 30, hopefully you do, but it's an ESPN series where they take sports stories and show like the whole background to them. And it, they're they're amazing. I love the 30 for 30s. Um, but there's going to have to be a 30 for 30 on this guy. Like it's pretty wild what he's done. And now like he can't possibly miss a game. And if they win the championship, he will forever forever be connected with that title forever. Like I wouldn't be surprised if they gave him an honorary ring for crying out loud. Like he's that connected to him. So it's crazy. The, what you can get if you beat somebody up, cause that's what he did. Now I'm on his side. He beat the guy up when he should have. He, he got beer dumped on his head, very uncalled for unprovoked. He laughed it off and tried to like Tell them to like, hey, don't do that. Like tried to laugh it off and be cool with them, even though they just dumped beer on his head, which that in and of itself is grounds to punch a guy in the face. He didn't. He took the higher road. Then they took a cheap shot at him. Okay. They acted like they were done putting their phones away. Like, okay, you know, like we're out of here. And then boom, tried to throw a cheap shot at him. And then he's like, nah, enough's enough. I'm going to defend myself. Pulls the guy in and boom, boom, boom. Starts just blasting him in the face. Then hits his friend in the face, beats up two guys by himself, like easily, pushes them off and says, sons and four. It's crazy the fame and fortune that's coming to him from that. (laughs) But I'm here for it. I love it. He's become the rallying cry. I'm looking forward to his 30 for 30. It's going to happen. Okay, moving on. Big shift now to tennis. We've not talked about tennis hardly at all. A little bit here and there. Um, I do love following the majors. So when it comes to sports, I love watching the best of the best of the best, right? So uh, that's why I love pro sports over college sports. 
And when it comes to the the Olympics, I love watching that because that's the best of the best in their element, you know, um, in like their, their highest level of competition. I don't really follow like yearly world championships for track and field or swimming, but I love following it uh, when it comes time for the Olympics. Um, tennis and golf, it's the major tournaments. I love watching the Masters and the U.S. Open and the British Open. Uh, PGA Championship, and then in tennis, of course, Wimbledon, French Open, Australian Open, U.S. Open. So we just had Wimbledon finish. Novak Djokovic won again. Djokovic won the French Open. He won Wimbledon. He is now tied with Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal for the most Grand Slams all time for men's tennis. It's 20. They've each got 20. All three of them are active players. All three of them are like highly ranked active players. All three of them are tied for number one all time for most uh, Grand Slam titles. Wild, wild stuff. I remember, so when I was like 20, how old would I have been? Probably like 27 or something. So I'm 39 now, so it's 12 years ago. That sounds about right. So I wrote for this sports blog thing. It was a website they were building and they, you know, I was doing, I was doing a sales job that made me, you know, plenty of money. And I wanted to keep my foot in sports, kind of like I'm doing with this podcast. I just love it too much to, to ever get out. And so I wrote articles for this sports website. They wanted to kind of just have cool content. So I started writing for them. And I did one on, you know, who's the more dominant player, Tiger Woods or Roger Federer. And I determined in that article that it, at the time was Roger Federer, and it was. At the time, this is, again, this is 12 years ago. We're talking like 2009. Roger Federer was on a tear. There was He could do no wrong. Tiger Woods was on a tear as well. But Roger Federer, like, it was it was insane to think that he wouldn't be in at least a semifinal, if not a finals, of any Grand Slam tournament. He was in every single one of them. He was racking up win after win after win after win. He was dominant. I would watch him, and I'd just be like, this guy is unstoppable. Like he, he, he literally cannot be beaten. And it's different than golf because golf, you're playing against the course. Tennis, you're truly playing against the other player. And so his dominance was just unheard of. He, he just flew past Pete Sampras. Pete Sampras retired with the most Grand Slams all time at 14. And Federer just flew past him. And he does it with such like humility and grace. Like he's just so likable. And to me, like he's the greatest tennis player of all time. And I've been wanting to cling on to that. But then I started to watch as Nadal, who's just a few years younger, started to get the better of Federer again and again and again. They're head to head. It's like two to one, Nadal to, to Federer. Like he's, he's just clearly got the better of Federer head to head. A huge reason for that, I do think, um, is age. I do think I do think that's a factor. I also think that the left Federer is right-handed, which most people are. Nadal is left-handed. I do think that plays a factor where it's just it's so unique for him to have his his athleticism and his skill set combined with the fact that he's placed so differently than most tennis players are used to playing against. I do think that's a huge advantage in tennis to be left-handed. I do. If you have the athleticism and the skill set uh, of a top-ranked player, it's like a top five player. It's that that one left-handed advantage where it's just so different. The ball's spinning different. Everything's everything's in reverse, right? Everything's backwards from what you're used to watching on the other side of the net. That can bump you from number five to number one. And I think Federer, or excuse me, I think Nadal has greatly um, benefited from that. To be honest with you, and so I started to watch as Nadal was 
really kind of surpassing Federer. I didn't want to admit it, and I still haven't, and I won't because they're now tied, and, and Nadal has dealt with some injuries, and he's kind of gone downhill a little bit. But quietly and less gracefully and less elegantly and hum- humbly, Novak Djokovic has been slaughtering people. Uh, and now he's at 20 Grand Slam titles, and he is number one in the world. And I think he will go down as the greatest tennis player of all time to those that are truly honest with themselves and with the game. He's not as, he's kind of brash. He's, he's more in your face. He's, he's just not, he's not even as good looking as Federer. Like he's just, it's, it's just interesting. He's, he's just not Roger Federer. He's not, he's not as likable. Um, and I don't think he's been dominating quite like Federer did, but it's like, look at this age of tennis, Federer, Djokovic, Nadal, the top three all time are playing right now. I mean, it's, it's almost unfair because Federer would have gone down as the greatest of all time without question. Well, now his, his birthday is like the day before or after mine. Uh, so we both turn 40 here in a couple months or in a month. Um, and so clearly Federer's like on the downslope. I'd love to see him get another major. I think he's got one or two more in him. Um, I, I was hoping to see him get it at Wimbledon. Uh, we'll see. I, I, th- I think it's not outside the realm of possibility. It's obviously getting less and less likely with age. But tennis isn't basketball. It isn't football, although Tom Brady's doing it at 43 still. Um, but it's just it's, it's just wild to think that this age of tennis is this talented. You've got three guys with 20 Grand Slam titles all playing currently. The next highest is 14, long retired, like 20 years ago retired. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. So those are the top three tennis players all time, and they're all playing at the exact same time. I still want to say that it's Federer. Um, but it's going to be hard to, to, to uh, deny Djokovic that title because I think of the three of them, he's the one that's going to win quite a few more majors. And I, I think the other two will get maybe one or two more each, and that would be a, a max for both of them. Um, whereas Djokovic, I think probably will get five, six more, honestly. I wouldn't be surprised if he got to 30. Like He's just, he's just clearly the best. Um, I think you'll see him keep winning. He's got the U.S. Open here in a couple months. And that can be his chance to win all of them in a calendar year, which I don't think has ever been done. Uh, he'll probably do it. He's that good. Um, Federer's Achilles heel has been the French Open. I think he only has one French Open title. And that's that's been unfortunate. If he could have won one or two more there where he was in finals time after time, and often against Nadal, and his bread and butter is the clay surface uh, because the French is on clay. So Wimbledon's on grass, Australian and... Um, U.S. are on concrete, and then the French is on clay. And clay is where Nadal dominated, and that was Federer's worst surface by far. So that was unfortunate for head-to-head matchups. Again, if they don't play in the same era, if they don't play in the same era, Federer probably has 30 by now. Because look how many he's had to give up to Djokovic and Nadal. 20 apiece. So very competitive age of tennis. Fun to watch. Um, So that's something I will be keeping an eye on, even though it's not a major sport. Um, like basketball, football, you know, those. It's something I'm going to keep an eye on. Okay, on to another sport I don't talk about as much, the UFC. McGregor, Conor McGregor fought Dustin Poirier and um, broke his leg, first end of the first round, loses. He was losing that fight. He probably would have lost that fight. You never know because in, uh, in fighting, it can just take, you can be getting your butt kicked, but you get that one solid connection, that one solid hit in, and it changes everything. And so you just don't know for sure. Um, but, but Poirier was winning the fight. McGregor was losing. I lost 20 bucks to Dave Glauser in Romania on the side of a mountain 
uh, we bet 20 bucks and I lost. Um, but anyway, Khabib says that McGregor is done. Khabib hates McGregor. Poirier hates McGregor. Everybody hates McGregor. I love McGregor. He knows what he's doing. He's a showman. He's a showman. He talks trash. He does all this to promote big fights, big money. He's making as much money as he can. When he gets into the octagon, he's not as good as he used to be. Uh, he's kind of being exposed a little bit, and it's kind of sad for me to watch because I do like the guy a lot. But he loses to Khabib. He does, you know, he loses to he goes and does boxing, loses to Mayweather, loses to Khabib, loses to Poirier now twice in the last eight months or whatever it is. Um, it just feels like time is coming to a close for him. Uh, maybe he's got enough money. He hasn't trained as hard. I don't know. Maybe he's focused too much on the, the showmanship aspect of it and the trash talk and all that. I don't really know. Um, but I'd like to see him come back and, and win again, like a real significant fight, but with a broken leg with surgery, I mean, he's going to be, what is it going to be a year before he's really ready to kick and fight again? That, that seems like a significant injury. I'm sure it's, you know, a few months before he's able to run around and do things like that. But when it comes to like combat sports, kicking and fighting, you got to think close to a year before he's back in that kind of shape too, on top of having the, the structure of his leg back in that kind of shape. So very good chance that uh, he fights Poirier again and loses again, but I would be rooting for him big time. Uh, but I'd like to see Khabib and Poirier fight. That's what I would like to see. That would be amazing. Um, they both hate him. Maybe they could, you know, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see them fight. But somebody needs to step up and have some sort of showmanship in the UFC to drive the big numbers that Conor McGregor drives. Because as much as they hate it, the UFC needs it. They need that type of guy. And McGregor even posted an Instagram and just the caption was, you need people like me. And he's right. Like the UFC is, is a fraction of what it is without him. Without him and his flair and his showmanship, the UFC does not get a fraction of the eyeballs that it currently gets, and therefore it doesn't get a fraction of the money that it currently gets. So somebody needs to step up and kind of take that torch a little bit, and Khabib needs to come back and fight. He's the best fighter in the world, probably the best fighter ever in the history of the world, in my opinion. And, you know, his dad died, and he's got nothing left to prove and all that. I get it. But he needs to come back, and he could be collecting massive, massive paychecks, eight-figure paychecks, to fight these big names. People would love to see another McGregor and Khabib fight. I think Khabib would crush him, uh, but people would pay big money to watch it. So, be interesting to see what happens there. Hopefully, he comes back. Hopefully, it's like a Michael Jordan thing where I understand going through the sadness of losing. Well, I, I don't because I've not experienced losing my father, and I hope that I don't anytime soon. Knock on wood. Um, but I can, I can, I can empathize there that that would be insanely difficult. And that would make you want to step away from the game a little bit or the, or the sport. And so that's what Michael Jordan did. That's what Khabib did. Hopefully Khabib comes back just like Jordan did. And I hope he doesn't wait too long because his prime, you know, prime for fighters is only so long. Prime in athletics is only so long. I'd like to see him come back and do that. But okay, last things. Um, Got to talk about a couple free agents. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie is a free agent. Brooklyn Nets didn't play a whole lot this last year because of injury, like tore his ACL, uh, played like three games is all, but... He's a guy who the previous season averaged over 20 points a game, seven assists, four rebounds, three and a half rebounds. Uh, the guy is by far a better scorer than anyone on the Jazz currently other than Donovan Mitchell. 
He's by far a better playmaker than anybody on the Jazz currently other than Donovan Mitchell, and I include Jordan Clarkson in both of those comments. I would love to see the Jazz go after Spencer Dinwiddie. He just turned 28. Mike Conley turns 34 here in a couple months. So Mike Conley, um, he's a free agent as well. We could keep him on a one- or two-year deal. I'd be fine with that because this last season with Mike Conley was far better than his first season with the Jazz. Um, but it was still, you know, he suffered injuries. He missed like 20 games or so. He was injured again in the playoffs. He's only getting older. Um, I like Mike Conley a lot. He's a crucial part of our team. He's our third most important player. Uh, people would argue second. Uh, some people would even argue first. Some people might argue fourth. I think he's clearly our third most important player behind the obvious Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing Conley come back for a year or two, but at age 34 in the NBA, your time is very limited. Very, very limited. Spencer Dinwiddie, on the other hand, I've got some sort of construction going on outside. Sorry if you can hear that. Spencer Dinwiddie, on the other hand, is only 28 and is a better scorer, a better athlete, a better playmaker, um, and again, is six years younger. Six years in basketball terms is a lifetime. That's an entire prime of someone's career. 28 to 34, that's like, that's your prime, prime years. Dinwiddie's just now coming into that. He is coming off a torn ACL, but I think we've seen so many athletes come back from torn ACLs and be fine when they take that year off that I just, I'm not that worried about it. Um, So I personally would love to see the Jazz go after Spencer Dinwiddie. I think he'd make a huge, huge addition to the team. I'd love to see us even go into the freaking luxury tax, even if we have to keep Conley and add Dinwiddie. I wouldn't mind. I know they're all kind of smaller guys, Dinwiddie, Donovan, and... um, and Mike Conley, but I wouldn't mind starting all three of them at one, two, three. Then start Bogey at the four, and uh, and Rudy at the five. And then you and we go kind of smaller. And then you have uh, Ingles, Clarkson, and Royce O'Neal coming off the bench. I mean, I don't know if we can afford all of it. Dinwiddie wants a five-year, hundred twenty-five million dollar contract. I think he's worthy of it. I think he'll get it. But if if we could get him, I would love that. I think he'd be a fantastic addition to the Jazz. I think the Jazz can make it work financially. Maybe we have to give up Conley. I know people wouldn't love that. I personally would see it as an upgrade, especially long-term. I think it'd be pretty amazing because I think we were lacking playmaking ability in the playoffs. We were relying way too heavily on three-point shots and on Rudy being a rim protector. And the second all of that shifted, our shot goes a little cold. The Clippers pull Rudy away from the basket and all of a sudden we're like not even good enough to beat the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard. So I would love to see more of a playmaking, you know, athletic team in place. Royce O'Neal is not the best athlete. I wouldn't mind seeing him go to the bench and Spencer Dinwiddie take his place. That would be amazing. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what, uh, you know, with, with who the Jazz go after. Um, uh, speaking of Kawhi, he's also technically a free agent. It's a player option. And they've had two letdowns in LA, uh, but... What's going to win out? His love for Los Angeles, to live in Los Angeles and Southern California, or his desire to win another title? I don't know. Maybe did, did, did Paul George do enough to show him that, man, if I would have stayed healthy, Kawhi Leonard speaking right now, if I would have stayed healthy, we could have won a title. I don't know. I don't know. I think you'll see Kawhi stay. Uh, the Clippers are going to contend for a while. Paul George may have exercised some demons these playoffs with the playoff P, pandemic P, all that stuff. He did play pretty freaking well, especially when Kawhi went out. 
Um, he kind of turned things around. So he might have exercised some demons. I think you see Kawhi stay in Los Angeles. We'll keep, keep an eye on that. Last thing to mention, Team USA 0-2 in exhibition games. Totally meaningless for the most part. I'm sure they'll go and win gold still. But 0-2, Pop was a complete jerk at the mic again. This guy, I like Pop. He's a great coach. He can be funny sometimes, but sometimes he can be just a bit of an a-hole and kind of forgets that his money, his entire livelihood, his paycheck comes from fans, which stems from TV, which means media. So I just think he could be a little bit more polite to people. He's the kind of guy that, he seems like the kind of guy that treats, let me put this into perspective. Pop seems like the kind of guy that would go and treat a random cashier at a store that's making 10 bucks an hour just trying to do their job and something goes wrong with the computer system and it's really slow and you're kind of frustrated and annoyed and you take it out on them, Pop seems like that guy to me. He seems like that guy to just step on the little guy. He seems like the guy that if you can't advance his career in some way, if you can't if you can't advance his life, he's just going to step right on top of you or over you. Pop comes across like that to me and I don't like it. So I think he's a jerk. I think he needs to work on his manners. I think he needs to remember where his money comes from. And it's not because you're so great at ba- coaching basketball. That's part of it. But without the fans and the eyeballs and the media pushing the eyeballs, guess what? Your paycheck would just drop like a rock. Okay, so be a little bit more nice, Pop. All right, that's all the time I have for today. Thank you for being here. Please hit that subscribe button. I am out. Peace. Thanks for hanging with Simply the Best Sports Take. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and check out stbsportstake.com. Simply the best in sports. Cause we are warriors